All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're all set. Welcome back to another comms check with me, Chad, and me, Blake, and little brother Blake. <laughs> second day in a row, or second time in a row, Blake has showed up for a comms check. I guess we're going to make this a regular thing. It's getting real. Thanks for joining in today, whether you're just listening here or you're watching us on YouTube, we are filming this thing. This is the third one we filmed. Fired up about that. I love to see you guys commenting on those videos. It gives us a little insight into what you thought about the episode. So thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you're probably... Oh, well, first of all, today's episode is going to be about something that, that I have felt, and that's pressure from requests from for like social interaction right whether it be phone calls or or meetings or whatever it may be that pressure that you feel and if that's sustainable you know so it's going to be an interesting conversation because it's something that I've had to learn to deal with and I'm still working through and Blake deals with because he gets a hundred thousand phone calls a day and he does a bunch of email stuff and all this other stuff that yeah, it would just max me out, but that's what today's episode is going to be about. If you follow me on Instagram, you've been seeing for the last couple of days, I've been posting a workout of the day. Now, what that's all about, guys, is I'm getting ready. I'm preparing training for a couple things. The Mid-State Mile, which is a last man standing ultra marathon, one of the hardest, I think, last man standing races out there. Uh, it's, it's a tough, tough course. And then also, we are going to break the world record on a long trail here in north georgia north alabama 335 miles we want to set the i want to set the fastest known time or essentially the world record for that stretch of trail 335 miles of running as fast as you can possibly go through these mountains so i'm i'm really cranking up on that i want to share i get a lot of questions from people about you know they want to run their first ultra marathon or you know, maybe they just they're just trying to get back in shape and a lot of people want to know how I train i mean i've been doing this for a long time my days of training obviously started when i was 18 years old and i decided i wanted to become a navy seal and i've been intentionally training specifically training really since then so for well over a decade I've been specifically training for one thing or another. So it's in my wheelhouse. I don't have any certifications. I'm, I don't have, dang, I'm not a coach or, or certified anything. It's just, it's been a part of my life for so long. And a lot of you guys ask me how I train. So I've been posting these workouts of the day as I'm kind of just getting started, leaning into this training cycle that's going to last throughout this spring and summer. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I think eventually I'll probably post it on Instagram for the next week or so and just see how I like doing it. See if it's something that, that I'm, that I'm enjoying. And then I think eventually we'll move that over to the Patreon platform and you guys will be able to train like me, see what I'm doing. And, and look, these workouts it, this isn't crap that I'm just coming up with for you to do. 
I'm only going to post what I do that day. Like what I, what I post for the workout of the day is what I do. I'm not going to add to it or take away from it. So there's going to be some days where it's going to say rest day. There's going to be some days when I'm traveling and it's going to say travel day, right? I'm not making any promises on this. It's just going to be a way for you guys to get insight into exactly how I train each and every day. And I think we'll move that over to the Patreon platform to give you guys a little more value over there. And if you don't know what Patreon is, I'll attach the link in the show notes of this episode. We will, again, be doing the workout of the day over there, and then we also do Resurrected over there, which we're going to do tonight. Resurrected is private content that we have with our Patreon members um, three Sundays a month. This Sunday's a bonus episode. It's going to be a Q&A with uh, me, Blake, and Nathan. So that's what Resurrected is. Anyways, I just wanted to address that because you guys have been seeing me posting those workouts of the day and I've been getting some questions. Are you going to do this every day? And the answer is yes, but we're going to move it to Patreon because that's our private network. And, you know, it's just a lot more interactive. It's a safe place where we can have conversation. And it's a way to give back to the people that carry the load for yeah. this podcast right here. Just wanted to address that real quick. Uh, the only other housekeeping thing I got real quick is this episode is brought to you by Exoskin. Speaking of fitness, Exoskin, if you're going to follow along with me through this training block leading up to this last man standing race or this world record attempt, you'll want to get you some Exoskin. They make, well, I have my Exoskin socks on right now. If you guys are watching this, it's really the only thing I put on my feet. I wear their toe socks. Anyways, they've ha they have designed fabric that actually is channelized and it, it, moves moisture and sweat away from your skin and it's also it also has copper fibers woven into the fabric which prevents bacteria bacteria odor causing bacteria so this is a it's a big deal i mean you can wear the i, I wear the same pair of exoskin shorts for like 10 runs straight and they don't stink you don't have to wash these things every time you get done running and they're comfortable, and they prevent chafing, and they channel moisture away from your skin, and they're 100% made in the USA. So they've got a full lineup of of uh, fitness apparel, socks, legs, leg sleeves, shorts, tops, uh, beanies, arm sleeves. I mean, they've got everything that you need. I've been using Exoskin exclusively for ultra running and fitness for probably going on three years yeah. now. Uh, they were actually the first company to come out and support the 3 of 7 podcast. So go get you some. They've given us a pro code. I'll attach it in the show notes of this episode. Follow them on Instagram at ExoskinUSA. Their website is exoskin.us. Check them out. Again, those will be attached in the show notes of this episode. Thank you, Exoskin, for sponsoring this episode and making awesome gear. And I'll say they last, too. I just told Kat this morning, I said, man, look. If y'all are watching on video, there's holes in my socks. Every time I put these on, this ain't, these aren't exoskin. These are just some kind of regular socks, yeah. and I'm sick of putting on socks with holes in them. I said, I'm about to just go buy about 10 pair of exoskin socks because yeah. they'll, they'll probably last me two years wearing them every day. 100%. You get what you pay for. And that's what I was wearing before I, I started wearing exoskin socks with Swiftwick. 
yeah. socks, and they're a good sock, but they're not not even on the same level Mm-mm. as the exoskin socks as far as preventing blisters and also um, just durability. Like Blake said, you get what you pay for with this stuff, and really with everything you buy in life. Anyways, it's tried and true. Let's dig into the content for today's episode. Um, again, this is something that I've had to learn how to deal with. I, I literally went from I went from a lifestyle where really the only people I knew or talked to or interacted with is a few family members, and then the you know the fifteen sixteen guys that were in my seal platoon. We didn't have social media. Uh, you know, you, you, you didn't put yourself out there. You, you couldn't, I mean, you just, that was the lifestyle that we lived in the SEAL teams. And all of a sudden within a year and a half, basically maybe right at, well, yeah, about a year and a half since I've been on social media and kind of, we, we started three or seven project. All of a sudden you go from, you know, your circle being maybe 20 people to it being hundreds of thousands of people, uh, potentially, so it's been a big shift for me, and I don't know have I don't know if you guys can can relate to this. You don't have to be a you don't have to be on social media. You don't have to be. You could relate to this just in your everyday job, right? Or even within your your extended family unit, whatever it may be. If people are looking to you all the time for advice or for uh, for your time or whatever it may be, I think this is. I think a lot of you guys listening have probably felt this pressure that I'm talking about. And it, it doesn't feel good because you want to you want to give of yourself, at least I hope you do. You want to answer people's questions. You want to help people as much as you possibly can. You want to, at least I do. I mean, everybody that reaches out to me, I yeah, I would love to be to to have the the time and energy to sp- spend time with that person. And uh it is, man. It's a lot of pressure. And, you know, it doesn't really feel good to, to live with that pressure. So, I just want to talk through it real quick. First of all, I did a little research on it. And uh, I thought, you know, back in the day, because it hasn't been that long since we've had, since we've been so connected. You guys all know this. I'd say probably the majority of the people on this call can remember back when you had a landline in your house before the cell phone. And, you know, if people wanted to get a hold of you or talk to you or ask you something, they had to either call you in the morning before you left or get with you in the evening when you got back home. You know, and then they came out with a beeper, and then they came out with the cell phone. And if you think of even prior to that, the way that we as human beings lived for well, since the creation of mankind, you basically had you know your inner circle being your your loved ones, and then very limited amount of people within your community that you would interact with. I mean, you're talking about. You know, maybe maybe the the farmers, uh, a police a police officer or something like that. Maybe a a, um, a store owner. I mean, a very very tight knit community 
group, right? So you were limited. You were limited to how many people even knew who you were, how many people you could talk to, how many people could even reach out to you. And you go back even prior to the landline, prior to all that stuff, and it just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, and it makes me think, well, you know, that's probably why we're feeling this pressure is because we weren't actually designed to live with the amount of interaction that we're experiencing today. Um, now, there's a theory on this. There's, a, I guess, a scientific uh, theory. It's called the Dunbar theory, and it was interesting you know, and, and you guys can go and read about this if you want to and see how he came up with this. I, I don't know that I agree with all the aspects of how he developed this theory and where he gets the basis and foundations of his conclusions from. But it's pretty interesting. It's the, the predominant theory on uh, how many relationships we can manage as human beings. And this guy, the Dunbar theory, says we can manage 150 meaningful contacts. All right? Now, that sounds like a lot to me. That sounds like more than I could possibly manage. So if you read into this thing even more, he basically goes, according to the theory, there's basically con concentric circles moving out. So your first one, the tightest circle, is, the, is five people. Five, five loved ones. That's that's your inner circle, right? That sounds about right to me. Yeah, I've said before, there's five or six people in this world that I'll answer my phone for any time they call, day or night, and I'm not going to ask questions. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just going to pick it up. So that sounds spot on to me. Going out from there, he says 15 good friends. So outside that loved ones, that five people, you can manage up to 15 good friends, meaningful relationships, right? Real relationships. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty pretty manageable to me. And then going out from there, 50 friends, I would say I would call those maybe friends that you talk to. Or maybe, you know, that to me is like someone I talk to once or twice a year. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You know, friends from the past or people you, you maybe you grew up with and you know, you just touch base with them every now and then. Moving out, 150 meaningful contacts, which to me would be acquaintances. Just, you know, that. Now, that seems a little big for me. You're getting a little bit outside of my scope now. And then 500 acquaintances, and then 1,500 people you can recognize. So that was pretty interesting. Uh so I guess that would be facial recognition. You can only store up to about 1,500 people that you can even recognize who they are. Um, so this is just some pretty cool standards, I think. And to me, it makes me feel better or more confident about my ability to manage real meaningful relationships because this is about spot on with about what I feel like I can manage in that inner circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, I mean, it's just a theory, but I like it. I like it. I think a lot of the pressure comes from, too, not necessarily all the calls and emails or messages that you're getting. I think a lot of it comes from naturally we want to – help other people we want to I don't want to say please other people and get into that but 
I think the pressure comes from wanting to help that person. You know in the back of your mind that someone has reached out and they need something, and the pressure is coming from responding to them and saying, all right, well, now here I need to meet this person's need. Now I need to meet this person's need. And I think that's where the pressure comes from. Because for me, 100 people could call me, and if I don't feel the pressure to do anything for them, I could care less if 1,000 people call me. But when I feel the need that I – that hey, I know this dude needs something from me now. I was like, man, I got to answer him. I got to solve that problem. And to me, that's where the pressure comes from. Yeah, yeah. And so you're right. I mean, and I had to get to the place where I had to let go of that, you know, because I'm I'm just like you and and a lot of other good people. Yeah, I want to say yes, man. I had to let go of. I guess I had to accept the fact that this is not possible. Yeah. Like you said, if a thousand people hit me up, I just have to accept the fact that I'm not going to be able to get with them all. Yep. You know what I mean? And and I, I think my expectations were kind of screwed up in the beginning. And I, I made a post about it the other day, um, and it says the pressure is on to maintain relationships far beyond the capabilities of reasonable human social intelligence. That was going back to that Dunbar theory that we talked about. The artificial connectedness, the cell phone, of modern society is a fallacy that produces unsustainable expectations for social interaction. That's what we're talking about right here. This is where I'm talking about letting go of that. The, the very next part of the post, I say, screw the, screw the pressure that other people put on you to react to their every request for interaction. Now, what I mean by that is people will hit you up and if you don't answer them, they don't think, well, Chad's busy or Blake's busy or, or you that's listening, they don't think, well, well, obviously they 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 can't manage this request right now. They get pissed off about it. Yep. You know what I mean? And feelings get hurt because you know, they uh, people think they're deserving of your attention over other things that you have prioritized more, being more deserving of your attention, man. We're talking about time here, man. We're talking about time. There's only a limited amount of it out there. And, yeah, we all have to prioritize that. So that's me basically saying, well, these people get freaking pissed off that, you know, I can't get back with them. Well, I just had to say, well, they're just going to have to have their feelings hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it goes even a step further for me. It's created even issues in my marriage because a lot of times people will reach out to me and I don't I, I I'll get back with you when I when I can, right? Um, you know, and they're reaching out to me and it's not something that's like essential. Like they don't need something right then. They just they just want to chat about something, right? Yeah. They'll hit me up and, and I I won't respond and then they'll hit my start hit my wife up. <laughs> And it's causing problems in my marriage, right? Because then my wife feels that pressure, yeah, yeah. right? And then she tells me, hey, you need to call so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, I'll call them when I get around to it. And then I don't call them in a timely, what she views as a timely manner. And then she gets mad at me. She views that as a reflection on her that uh, now, exactly. now Brooke's not following up either. It's a It freaking trickles down, man. You guys seeing why we're having this conversation here? You know, I think the best approach to that, we got a buddy, and he calls he calls four or five times a week, and I love that he calls. But his vo if I can't answer, his voicemail is always, 
Hey, man, just checking in. You don't have to return this call unless you want to talk. I don't need anything. Just wanted to check in. To me, that's perfect. Yeah. Be, I mean, because if it, now if he needs something, I always listen to his voicemails if I can't get to him. If he needs something, I'll call him back immediately. But I know, hey, if I'm in the middle of something, there's no pressure to answer that call. If he needs something, he'll text me, leave me a voicemail. So I, I appreciate that. Yep. No, I do too, and I, I, he does the same thing to me, and it it does it re, it removes the pressure from thinking that you you know need to return that call immediately. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go into when is it acceptable to reach out to people outside of your inner circle and request their time, and maybe some strategies around doing that when uh, when you do feel the need to do that. So, real quick. This episode brought to you by Salty Britches. Salty Britches is the number one anti-chafing cream on the market. I use it on all of my ultra runs, backpacking trips. We use it out at the basic course. Yeah, chafing sucks. Salty Britches will prevent chafing. Put it anywhere uh, that, you know, all the normal hot spots that you would usually experience chafing or blisters. Salty Britches is going to be good to go. For me personally, one application for up to 24 hours or 100 plus miles of running. I don't have to reapply this stuff which which is why I like it. It's so much better than Vaseline or some junk that you can yep. get at the drugstore, right? Um so get you some salty britches, get it on, prevent the chafing. If you have a hot spot, a blister or you already are chafing, it's too late. It's too late to fix it, right? So you need to put this stuff on at the beginning of your mission in order to prevent that chafing. And uh, Salty Britches has been with us for a long time. We've used them for quite a while. Again, they're 100% made in the USA, Christian company. Check them out online at GetSaltyBritches.com. They've given us a pro code for a discount on your order. And check them out on Instagram at GetSaltyBritches. Salty Britches, thank you for sponsoring this episode of the 307 Podcast. I need to start putting my dang phone on air. Speaking of, I need to start putting my phone on airplane mode. I take notes for these episodes, and then without a doubt, since we've had this, since we've been on this comms check here, I have had two people now ask me if I'm available for a call, and one person call me. So three requests. (laughs) On a Sunday. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah. So, interesting. All right. Hey, I don't want y'all to take this the wrong way either all right i absolutely love the interaction that we have with people i i love it if it, if it wasn't there if it if we if nobody interacted with me or or you know nobody gave their input i would be upset i mean right we're talking about a balance here i'm There's not no motivation at that point to keep doing it yeah ex- exactly you guys that you guys that hit me up and and share your testimony, you guys that that uh, that that are involved in in sharing and, and and things like that. We love that, man. So don't get this wrong. I'm just talking about how to find a balance in your personal life. Yeah. All right. So don't take it the wrong way. Um, I, I just had some thoughts on when is it acceptable to reach out to individuals outside of that inner circle, right? When is it acceptable? Look. I'm friends with a lot of people that have a lot of requests for their time. So what I try to do is is I try to be I try to be like a low hassle person, right? I don't I, I'm not gonna hit them up unless it's something that's 
fairly imminent. I'm not going to request their, uh, an audience with them unless it's something that I need an answer to fairly quickly, right? Um, and, you know, that that to me is like, it's like how, how urgent is it? So, mm-hmm. you know, I get, I just got, I got two or three messages yesterday just to get yeah, some of this stuff. People are hit, people hit me up and, at, and talk to me about how they were working out and their lips turned blue and they collapsed. And what's my advice for that? I'm like, are you freaking serious, man? Like, I, I, what are you even freaking talking about? Like, so that's another thing. How about, how about when you decide to hit somebody up, make sure you're hitting them up with a request that's even within their realm or their spectrum of, of knowledge or expertise. And you have a, just like when you're buying a house, you have a due diligence period. You should have a due diligence period before you reach out to anybody else because a simple Google search on that is gonna <laughs> is gonna tell you, hey man, this is what I should do. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there, brother. There are so many people that will hit me up and hit you up and hit all you guys listening up with these freaking questions that I it literally will make you want to pull your hair out because you're like, you want to be like, hey bro, if you would have just spent two minutes of your own time it probably would have taken you less time to find the answer that you're seeking if you would have looked it up than it took for you to write me this message right Mm -hmm. and I i think there's some deep mental stuff going on there though man i think i think a lot of people probably have that thought that the answer's available but it, maybe it makes them feel special if they're getting the depending on the source they're getting the answer from. You know what I mean? They either they either that or they wanted you they wanted to let you know that they worked out so hard that their lips turned blue. It could have been. It it really could have been, man. Yeah. And how many people do you see out there that want to have a conversation with some prominent figure? Not me. I'm not prominent. Barely no. I mean, in the in the scheme of things, nobody freaking knows who Chad Wright is. But some prominent figure, whether it be a movie star, or a super rich person, or freaking you know your big time people. How many people want to hit those people up just so they can brag on the fact that they got a response from them, or they got to have a conversation with them, or uh, you know, you know what I mean? Yep. No. Negative. That is that is a form of idolatry. <laughs> you dang right it is, brother. But you see it happening. You see it happening, and it's it's a real freaking thing, man. So if you're one of those people, just think about it. All right. How about how about this? How about if you if you are looking for some specific piece of advice, or or you are requesting someone's time? All right. Would it be smart to make yourself valuable? In other words, offer that person some sort of return on investment for the time that you're requesting from them. And that that could be as simple. Like if you're calling and asking for advice, that could be as simple as applying the, the advice. Because how many times have you given, someone asked you for advice or some kind of coaching call or whatever, and you tell them, hey, this is what I think, or this is what I would do, and then they don't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's 
if they had done it, then you get a return on investment, mm-hmm. right? It's pretty, yeah, it is pretty rewarding when you see that happen, and it and it builds that person up or builds their yeah their uh, their testimony up for sure, man. But think about that, man. If, if you you whoever you are, um, you have a certain skill, you have a certain you have something that's valuable about you. We all do, right? We've all got something to bring to the table. So maybe think about. Uh, offering that up as a return on investment when you're seeking someone else's time, maybe say, you know, hey, I've got, I, I've got this skill, and it's almost like a trade. Hey, is there is there a way that I can help you by using my gifts and my skills uh, in in exchange for <clears throat> your your opinion, your time uh, within your expertise, right? So it's it's a freaking trade off, man. Because again, that's the main thing. Is time that yep. time is really uh, probably uh, one of the most valuable possessions that you have? I, I have to say it's not the most. My most valuable possession that I have is my faith in Christ. Um, so there are things more valuable than the time that we have. But anyways, it's pretty dang high up there yeah. on your list of things, and you can't get more of it. No. So, and that goes back to the whole principle of. You know, it's like a sponge. It gets filled up, and then you got to squeeze the water back out of it. So you can't be a... We talked about this on Resurrected one Sunday. You can't be a glutton for information or for help from other people and just absorb all of that in yourself and swell up like a sponge but not wring any of it out yeah. to give to anybody else. Yeah. 100%, man. And that sponge analogy too, dude, that's, you know, that's the reason... Everything that we do as a business, you know, we do the basic course, Right. Um, we do the proving grounds. We do these. We we give we give people that truly want to learn in a real way. We give them the opportunities to come and spend that intimate time that they are seeking. The opportunities there. Yeah. Um, now, what would we ask for in exchange for that? Is their 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 hard earned money, right? So we we put that out there, and it's it's a deal. It's an exchange. You you pay to come out here. To do this, and, and we're gonna, I'm gonna pour myself out to you, right? Now, we can only, we only run one of those courses a month. And there's a reason for that. It's just like Blake said, using that sponge analogy, when we go out on the basic course or when we're out at the proving grounds or um, even if we're doing speaking engagements or whatever it may be, I, I literally pour myself out to that, those people that have chosen to show up to toe the line to spend their hard-earned money to learn from me and my team to the point that when that mission is over i've got to have about two or three weeks to recuperate yeah i mean when i get done with a speaking engagement i just want to go sit in a freaking room somewhere and i don't want anyone to talk to me or ask me any questions and i I have to have that time to recuperate um, and it just again goes to show the effect that that social interaction, how how it can be overly draining on some individuals, and I think ultimately on all individuals. Some people can handle more than others. Yeah, right. But it is something that uh, that that it drains me. Um, but I love it because again, I I wanna I don't want to be a glutton for I don't want to hold on to all the stuff that that I've learned and all the stories that I have and, and all that. I want to pour that out, right? Yeah. But I got to have some time to recuperate after that. Um, so, 
Yeah, I know that's a lot of stuff here, guys. Just, again, I want to throw it out there just to let you know this is something that, that I have had to deal with in my life. Look, man, you want to look in the Word, Matthew uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 says, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus tells you your, your, your circle of people doesn't have to be huge. He gives us this example right here, man, where two or three are gathered together in his name. We're, we're here right now. This is what this is what we're doing, right? You don't have to to maintain this massive freaking circle where two or three are gathered. He will be there in the midst of you, and um, yeah, that's pretty encouraging. Yeah, I would say too that, like Chad said, I, we don't want you guys to get this wrong. Even you that reach out to us and you're saying, "Hey, my lips turn blue from working out." If you don't get it. Don't get upset about this and just keep sending them. Just have the expectation that, hey, these guys just told me what they're going to respond to and what they're not. They might not get back to me about this. So if you still want to send it, I say send it. We still want input from you guys. And and when you are dealing with this stuff in yourself, because I know plenty of you that are listening right now are probably even busier than we are maybe. I don't know. Oh, heck yeah, man. And... So, what I would say, I've heard before, and it's talking about, like, make, creating a product, and, and basically that a product for everyone is a product for no one, right? So, if you try to get too broad with it, nobody's going to like it because it doesn't apply to anybody specifically. So, I mean, I would think that you could even apply that here that we talked about the pressure is really coming from pleasing people or meeting their request. So, pleasing everybody is pleasing nobody, right? If you're trying to please everybody, everything that's coming in, your relationship with God's going to suffer. Your relationship with your family's going to suffer. Work's going to suffer because you're trying to do too much. You got to slow it down and focus on what is right there. So, be specific. Be targeted with who you're allowing to come in and who you're reaching out to. Yeah. Have the right filter on, right? Yeah. Uh, I've had two more calls. By the way, <laughs> two more calls since uh, since we had the salty britches ad, and Blake's exactly right. Where I'm not just talking. This is this doesn't just apply to freaking people on social media. I mean, look at look at Pete, man. Look at Pete Ortiz. I just saw a thing the other day where he was flying a a, a AC unit, a big massive heat yeah. pump with a helicopter on and dropping it on the top of a um, skyscraper. In downtown Chicago. In downtown Chicago. Can you imagine (laughs) how many people he had to deal with and interact with and how many things he had to filter in order to get that done? This Mm -hmm. is, like you said, there's plenty of people that, that that have businesses that are way, way freaking busier than we are. So we're trying to just throw this out there. And another thing that helps from a business perspective of kind of filtering is having the right chain of command in place, yeah. right? Having the right chain of command and making sure that your team understands how to use the chain of command, right? And trust your team, right? Yeah. When you're at the top or whoever's below you, there's always somebody working with you or for you. Trust them. I mean, hopefully Pete, I'm sure he was involved in that, but hopefully he had a line of people that he trusted and he said, look, I don't have to look into 
is that thing going to be on time? This dude's got it. Yeah. Trust them and, and empower them with the authority that they need to make decisions. You're exactly right because I don't care how I don't care how structured your chain of command is if the people in that chain don't have don't feel like they have the authority to make the decisions that they need to make, ultimately they're going to come back to you for every decision that should be a decision that they're making for themselves. So make sure that they feel empowered, they have the tools they need, and they have the authority they need to handle the situation, and that's going to filter that's going to filter what actually eventually ends up getting to you, right? Yeah. So only the right things are going to get to you, the things that you're made to handle, right? So that chain of command is super important. Well, guys, that's all I got for the comms check. You got anything else, Blake? I'd say one more thing that would that helps me take the pressure off from a bunch of people reaching out to me is that really there's only one person or one thing that I've got to trust or or please or care what he says about me or thinks about me, and that's Jesus Christ, right? Because in the end, I mean, that takes all pressure off. If 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 all this stuff's coming in, all you got to do is look back to the Word and say, is what I'm doing right now pleasing Jesus? And if the answer is yes, just do the best you can and keep doing that. Amen. Amen to that, brother. All right, guys, that is uh, that's today's comp check. Appreciate you tuning in. Enough said. <laughs>